Okay, welcome Midkent College. Um, we have an Ofsted Res- uh, Reflections podcast to bring to you today and I've got Claire Brown with me who is the Head of Health and Social Care, Child Care, Business and IT and she's going to share some of her reflections on the experience of the Ofsted visit that we had earlier in the year. So first of all I'll just let Claire kind of introduce herself and I think the first thing she's going to be talking about is what to include in your inspection backpack but I feel she's going to unpack what a backpack actually means first of all so Claire welcome. Thank you very much and thank you for asking me to come along today. Um, As you know health and social care were part of the um, pilot inspection so um, and we learned so much from from that experience and actually although it was quite um, a challenging experience it's a really positive experience for the team to go through. Um, The first thing I would say is you need to be prepared. Um, I mean, I spent the whole time with the inspector that had been assigned to health and social care. He was one of the lead inspectors from Ofsted and I did learn so much from him. he, he was, you know, at the end of it, very willing to share his, his um, you know, his nuggets of, uh, of inspection gold with me. Um, but in terms of me, one of the things I wanted to do was I didn't want to have any surprises. So I spent some time um, getting a little folder together and it proved absolutely invaluable. And um, it was just basically my pack in a folder, but it, it became known as my backpack. Um, it, that, that is just, uh, it's just an image rather than an actual um, backpack. But, uh, but basically the idea was that anything that I was um, needed to be able to articulate or respond to, I could just pull out of my pack and, and, and it was invaluable. So not everything was used, but I would still prepare it to the level I did again. So one of the first things I had was obviously all the timetables because you never know where they're going to go. And throughout the, he ended up, um, I was with him, um, well, he ended up being with us for the whole week, basically the whole period. Um, And um, it was like, well, where should we go next? What can you show me with this? So the timetables were absolutely, you know, and they have to be accurate and you have to know who's teaching in what group. And on the back of that, not just the timetables, but the other thing I had was I had a list of high needs learners in there. So I knew who all all the EHCP students were. Now I don't have that knowledge locked in my brain. So I actually went to um, have that all, I I went to the, um, the ALS managers that support us and asked for a list of all our EHCP students and, and also things that I should know about them because that really helped in terms of um, preparation. So when I went into a class and I knew there was an, an EHCP learner in there, I actually briefed the, um, the inspector before we went in there. Okay, that's useful. Yeah, and actually when he came out, he said, is that such and such? And I was like, absolutely. So he knew, so for example, he went and asked one student, what what are you learning today and she said don't know learned nothing (laughs) wonderful okay and you know when you're sitting there and you're dying like that and anyway he um he came out and he said was that particular was it that student and i said absolutely he said i could see she was learning she'd written copious notes 
and um, and he said, so actually, although she said that to me, I'm not worried because I knew about her and I could see what was in front of her and what she was doing. So it was how she took those notes and applied it to her assignments. So um, that that was really, really important. And so that it, kind of, that was sort of contextualizing for the inspector what they were about to see. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, so, um, but you need to have that knowledge. So, and I don't have, I didn't have, I don't, the department's too big for me to know all of the students. So having that beforehand was so, so important. Mm. Um, and um, and the other thing um, that I would say is, for example, this particular student that I'm referring to, he then went on and looked at her data. So in terms of ProMonitor, how she was doing. So that's the other thing is it's making sure that you have, um, you know your students, so you've spoken to your tutors, you know of any sort of high risk students, etc. And then you are able to then go on to ProMonitor and follow those students through. Because it will be those students that, in my experience, the, the inspector will, will look at, those that have, are high risk. So it's knowing your students or, or making sure that you've got the information you need on them. The other thing um, I have is I have um, a spreadsheet with all our at-risk students. Um, where we are with, a, with predicted achievement, etc. who's doing what, and that became absolutely invaluable. So when he was looking at ProMonitor, because he will do, and they will ask you, you one thing I would say is, um, I didn't have any opportunity to go and check whether I could show him something. It was like, right, I want you to show me now. Right. So in my backpack, I have a big, it's something I work with throughout the year, and it shows sort of um, how many students are in a group, um, how many, you know, looking at retention levels, at risk students, that sort of thing. So it helped me to triangulate. Um, so if we were looking at a particular student, I could look at my data to see if they were at risk. And again, it allowed me to prepare the inspector for what he was going to see, because that's it, it's preparation is absolutely key. And so, sorry, just off the back of that, did you, do you also have anywhere, um, specific interventions or things might that might have been put in place for any at-risk students was that asked for uh, so, um, not if not to look at so none of this was actually to look at but it all formed part of a conversation right and so and and that was absolutely key you have you will be having lots of conversations and you have to be prepared because what is clear and he said this at the end he said i know when people don't know their stuff. Right. Okay. Luckily, he told me I really knew my stuff. So <laughs> that was fine. But he said, so that's what I would suggest is because I could, I had everything to hand and it was fine for me to go and look it up. That was not a problem. But it's having that information to hand because, you know, um, they, they will pick them up, pick you up. Where students are doing exactly what they're do meant to be doing, our, our systems will show that. It's the anomalies and how we're supporting those who are at risk, how we're supporting those sort of higher risk learners to achieve and move them forward. That really is, I think, very much of sort of interest to, to the inspector. Yeah. Just on a, sorry, before you move on, just on a practical note, because some people might not be so confident in that type of conversation. If an inspector said to you, asked you a question and, and you weren't quite sure of the answer or you did need to go and check, what, what type of language might you use with the inspector um, to articulate that? 
Well, I would actually um, sort of, I would actually be quite honest with them. And I was quite honest. And actually the honesty stood me in really good stead because on one thing, on the first day, um, he, we were looking at attendance and, and our attendance, if I'm quite, is, is quite shocking in, in health and social care. And we've tried various things. And, um, and it actually, through an absolute spanner in the works on the first day, when he looked, so, so we were talking about achievement, progression, we were looking at progression, etc. And then he asked to look at some, well, how, how are you doing with achieve, um, attendance? And I, and I showed that, and he said, well, how can they achieve if they're not turning up? You know, and it absolutely, and I was like, oh. So anyway, I took it, and the following day, we met again, and I, we sat down, and I said, can I talk to you about yesterday? So I've really been thinking about what, what we were talking about with regards to attendance and progression and achievement. And I said, actually, you know, this is what we're doing to support particular learners who aren't attending, but are actually still moving forward and progressing. And I showed him, so we have like action plans and smart targets, we could demonstrate. So where someone wasn't engaging in lessons because of anxiety or whatever so we had set up sort of remote learning where they checked in etc and i was actually able to give him case studies of where this was where we were doing this and actually that made a huge difference it really really sort of turned around so what i would say is if, if something comes up and it throws you don't try and necessarily respond straight away go away and reflect and think and come back with and if you have a considered response come back with your evidence to show how you can move that forward because that's what i did and it made such a difference mm. and i think that really sort of and and from there you know we had a really sort of clear understanding going forward on where we were at so where he was seeing things that he you know instead of saying well that's not right it was like okay so what are you doing about that mm. and i think that very much gave him confidence that we really knew what we were doing and how we were moving the, the department forward and on top of that what i'd actually prepared in my pack i had some case studies yeah. so really difficult to reach students where they had been successful so i'd got ppts and some of the tutors to, to identify in their classes give me one student and they could be a really good student or a student that's really cha been challenging and we've moved forward even if it's a little bit so again just having those case studies to be able to just pull out and say we're doing this with this individual we're doing that with that individual that's what i would suggest so again case studies within the pack um are, are really for me were really really clear um you know key um the other thing that was absolute focus and this was what the whole pilot was about was the employer engagement mm. so um in my pack i've got every single employer written out the contact for that for that their, their email telephone number and a little bit about what our engagement is with them so what their business is about what they actually bring to our students so it's that two-way process and on the back of that, he took five employers from my list. This was in addition oh, to what was being done. I feel like I know um, what you're going to say next. <laughs> and he rang them up. Yeah. <laughs> he rang them up. So this was, now bearing in mind that two inspectors were doing this anyway, as part of the pilot, this was absolutely specifically for health and social care. Right. 
And he said, so he rang them up and he get, managed to speak to three of the five and he was absolutely fine with that. And luckily, they vindicated everything that I'd said, you know, and they were very, very, very positive about their interaction. And he came back to me and said, I have rung them and actually this is the feedback. And so, so that worked very well. So again, it's like, it's just being prepared because it was literally like that. And they can, in my experience, they can ask for anything. So it's having that um, employer placement information. Prior to the pilot, I'd also had to do some employer engagement preparation for the governors. So I had to select some key um, employers so that the governors could then talk about that, which was more detailed. Again, it was in my pack um, just to sort of triangulate. Um, but it is, it's, it's, for me, it was, it's that preparation. So employer engagement information, um, employer placement information, high needs information, case studies, your timetables, high risk students and looking at achievement data. Um, the other things that I had in there was um, the QUIP and the SAR. Didn't ask to look at either of those, but, um, and I think that's sort of outside the remit, That's they, they won't necessarily do that. But again, you have to be able to talk about um, be able to identify your areas for improvement and what you're doing with that. And that is very much where your quit and your quit monitoring comes in. And you have to bear in mind that this whole process is a triangulation. So what I'm saying needs to triangulate with what they're talking about at a quality level, you know? So again, it's having, making sure we're all sort of coming from the same documentation. Um, I suppose there's something to pick up on there as well around, um, how you talk confidently about areas for development in a in a kind of positive way so how did you approach that that type of conversation well i think it was very much it was looking at what our starting points were and so it's looking at the starting points at the beginning of the year or or from last year's SAR, for example so i talked about so it was giving an example of where we were last year and where and what were where we are at this you know this year. So one of the things I was talking about was was retention and, and we made sort of some quite sort of um, high risk decisions at the beginning of this academic year to address things like engagement and retention. And actually the data is showing that those, those risks that we've taken are absolutely paying off. And then when he's talking to students about their level of engagement, um, that, that was very much key. So one of the decisions we made was to go over to one year programs at level three. So students, if they wish to leave at the end of the year, would leave with a foundation diploma. In one of the student meetings I went into with the Ofsted inspector, so it's a full foot, so there was me, the Ofsted inspector, tutor outside the room, students. One of the questions were, What's, what are you going to do next year? Where do you want to go on to? How many of you are staying on this course? And one of the students said, well, I'm not staying on this course. Mm -hmm. I want to go on to business. He said, oh, okay, why is that? And she explained that actually having done this, she's enjoyed the course, but actually a business you know, route is where she wants to go. But she realizes that she, by having this course, by finishing this program is valuable. She will then go and do a one year foundation diploma in business and the two together will give her enough UCAS points. Well, that's Big a good thing. tip yeah. from Ofsted. So it's very much because it's, just because they're doing health and social care, doesn't mean they have to stay in that. 
but it's giving them opportunity and also helping them to prepare for the future. And this student was very articulate and was able to, and that's where it is. It's very much, where are you going on to? Why are you making those decisions to do that? So having seen it sort of firsthand, um, and that's where very much making students aware of the qualification and where it can lead them, Mm. It was, was really key and, and again having sat there and experienced it and that cringe moment that actually turned around to be absolutely fine um, was, was sort of testament so it's very much um, as well as us preparing it's making sure your students are prepared you can't just prepare them for Ofsted they have to have this right throughout, throughout the year you know so it's making sure that they're aware of their options and even yeah, if health there isn't stay with it yeah i think that's a really interesting point about embedding with the students all of this stuff as well you know who are we doing these things for ultimately it is it is the students yeah. um not ofsted and it sounds like that student was really able to articulate well what the the kind of intent was for their their particular course and their future yeah. which is a real positive yeah no absolutely the other thing that um that in, I remember from that meeting, it's very much, okay, so you're, they were learning about social learning theory. And um, it was like, right, okay, so how, how does that relate to the workplace? How will you be able to use what you're learning here? How does that you know, relate to the workplace? And they were very much able to talk, I mean, we'd observe that in the lesson, but they were very much able to talk about their learning and how it applies in their work experience, because a lot of them in health, obviously in health and social care, they're in work placement. So they were absolutely able to articulate learning into employment. And that again is is very much the sort of the focus of, of you know, it is, it's learning for a purpose, not learning for learning's sake. And, and that again, very much came through um, with, with the inspector and the expectation. Um, so you know it was uh, it it's it's knowing and as you go through you'll get to know your inspector um they don't give you know they they are taught how to have a poker face <laughs> but um, but the thing is i think you need to get to know them you know and and just um be able to respond confidently but also to have evidence and if you don't know something you can always go and find it out you know that that's what i would say i think honestly do not try and fudge because that will absolutely backfire on you you know just just be open and honest and if you don't know tell them that yeah okay so i have one kind of final question to touch on because i know it's a, a hot topic around the college is how do you challenge students behavior and attitudes um towards what learning in general or um, yeah, so they're just their behaviour, their attitude to learning, perhaps around the college building itself. Are there any strategies or tools or so, tips? So what 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 we do is, I mean, if you see any, for me personally, um, if I see anything, I will always challenge it. You know, however however small, um, I will challenge it. But I think it's the way that you go about it. It's it's being positive. What I tend to do is try and engage students in conversation mm -hmm. rather than go in and say. You know you're not doing things why, why haven't you done this so for example if they're not wearing a lanyard so oh notice you haven't got your lanyard you know please put it on or um or, or thank you for putting your lanyard on rather than um 
and, and I think those just little things and, and then this lanyard comes out the pocket and they put it on and they might be huffing and puffing but it is is obviously um it you know it's done and but I think it's it's reinforcing it's it's every time you see something it is actually being able to challenge it but challenge it positively because eventually that consistency and continuity is what is going to make a difference if we don't all do it it won't you know nothing will change if some tutors let it go others don't students say well they let me do this so that's what I'm going to do so for me and in in the department it's in anything we do it's having clear expectations and often that's what students need yeah. they need clear guidelines they need clear expectations if they're not meeting them just reinforce it but it's the way that you reinforce it that will either lead to a positive outcome or not so um so that that's what I would say and um but also don't be afraid to challenge. I think a lot of it us is because we're not sure. And remember those students, they might put on a lot of front, but actually that lot of front is probably hiding a lot of insecurity. So what they need is they need to have a challenge, but also often it's giving them the reason why you need them to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really nice note to end on there. The why, giving them the why. Um, and the positivity and the consistency were a couple of other words that I picked out from your your yeah. comments there. Okay, so I know you mentioned right at the beginning of this conversation um, that the inspectors gave you lots of golden nuggets through that process, but I wonder if you've got any other golden nuggets or anything else you'd like to share with the staff about your Ofsted experience before we end our conversation today. I think, I think remain confident um you know and um they they really are actually quite supportive they're not actually trying to catch us out but if we aren't doing something right it will it will come out we cannot hide anything <laughs> so i would say be open be honest but also don't be too honest think of what whatever you're saying do think about what you're saying and how you're framing it Never turn around to an Ofsted inspector and say, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I, or, or I'm not sure about that, but leave that with me. I will go and get you the information you require. All right. So it's, it's thinking about how you are phrasing what you're saying, as well as, you know, the, the actions that you have. But do you know what? My, I always come back to, if you're prepared, you will be okay. That, that that's what I think and and just talk confidently you I think as tutors we know our and managers etc managers we know our areas Ofsted don't actually we are leading those inspectors and to some extent we can guide them yeah and I think having the confidence to do that and like I say and if there is something they pick up on and go away and think about it and if you think do you know what that was a little unfair come back and challenge and one of the things he said to me at the end of the end of the thing was he was glad I had he said actually that, that really stood well in myself because I had gone in and ch challenged him positive when I talk about challenge it's positive challenge um yeah. so that don't be afraid to do that I suppose it's that thought of not wanting not regretting not having said something the week after or two weeks later Absolutely. so making sure you've you've said Absolutely. everything you wanted to say yeah. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And at the end of the day, you don't know what they're thinking. Each day, I when I left him, I had absolutely no idea whether what I said was right or wrong. It wasn't until the feedback in the evenings we were beginning to say, all right, maybe it's not that bad, you know. And um, but th and that's the other thing. Don't expect them to be going, oh, my goodness, that's wonderful or whatever, or, oh, that's awful. You know, they will they will ask, they will challenge. If you're good at reading body language, that also helps. Um, <laughs> but, um, but you are not going to get any sort of commendations or negativity. You know, you really won't know, and 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 therefore, don't let that throw you. Don't don't give up because sometimes you think, oh, it's not worth it. They think I'm a load of rubbish. Give up. Don't give up. Go through it because they're not going to give you anything. They're not going to tell you you're wonderful, but they're also not going to tell you you're rubbish. But you might feel actually at points like, oh my god, this is a disaster. Don't let them show it. Remain confident, and sh and that confidence will actually feed into them because if they believe in you you know then and you believe in yourself they'll believe in you as well what a lovely what a lovely comment to end our conversation on um thank you Ooh. so much claire for coming and sharing okay, so open no and honestly your experience of the pilot inspection and our kind of work with ofsted um and i will i'm sure speak to you soon but thank you for coming on um Brilliant. And lovely. I'll let you say goodbye to all our lovely colleagues out there. Okay, um, goodbye and good luck. Do you know what? You will learn so much when you go through the process. And remember, it's developmental. It's for the benefit of our students. And that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Perfect note to end on. Thanks so much, Claire. Thank you, everybody at McKent. And I will see you all again soon.